Star Wars Geek Girls. They're geek girls that like Star Wars. And sometimes cry. Hello? Hello, this is Chris. Yes, hi. Hi. Hi, so sorry, so sorry I'm late. I apologize. Yes, yeah, <laughs> I don't think doodling. I don't think anyone's in a rush right now. Yeah, nice. So okay. No, I yeah, no, I, I I really apologize. Um but uh is this okay an okay time then? Yeah. Yes. Okay. We Okay, so Zoom meeting automatically started recording, so we're recording. We'll just, you know, chop off the beginning. Okay. Um, okay. <laughs> so all we're right. just going to talk about, you know, you being a droid and working on the Mandalorian and all okay. that. Okay. I'm How sure dare my dad... you try to hunt Baby Yoda? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm uh, sure my dad told you, but I just, I did want to point out that we bought my Jawa robes from you like 12 years ago. Oh, he did mention that. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. That was cool. <laughs> cool. Well, um, do, uh, do you want me to start with the uh, introduction or anything? Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. Um, my name's Chris Bartlett, and I uh, am an actor uh, appearing on The Mandalorian. I appear as uh, Zero. And um, I apologize. Garbage truck. Garbage truck. <laughs> You're good. Uh, yes, rolled up. Um. Yeah, well, obviously, awesome. I'm, I'm Zoe, and I'm here with Lizzie for the podcast, and we're interviewing Chris as he introduced himself. Um, okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, there we go. And uh, I'm Chris Bartlett, an actor who appears on uh, The Mandalorian as uh, Q90, as well as a couple other characters. And, uh, and for the last 13 years, I've been appearing as um, the backup for Anthony Daniels as C-3PO on television and other live uh, appearances. But I'm really happy to be with you guys today. Yeah, thank you. I think recently, were you, was that you on the um, Lego, what was that, Lego Masters show? Yes, that's right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, mm -hmm. that was a really fun show to have the droids uh, with these really talented builders. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, you're everywhere. <laughs> um, so I just want to ask you, like, how you got into the into the droid world, I guess, and what made you want to do like a three PO costume and get involved with that. Yeah, that's a great question. I had uh, started as a a, a member of the five hundred first, and I had built a bunch of other costumes starting in two thousand, and I uh, built you know the stormtrooper and Tuscan Raiders and Jawas for my kids, as you know, and um, and also Boba Fett. And then I wanted to build a C-3PO and just started collecting parts. Uh, but a lot of the parts were, were really hard, to, you know, wouldn't, wouldn't work as a costume. And so um, my partner and I uh, restored a bunch of parts to what they would have looked like for A New Hope. And that took about three years. And so at the end of that, I had uh, uh, sent, I, I had sent a, a photo and a short video to a friend of mine that happened to work at Lucasfilm at the time, uh, just to, just to, you know, cause we're both fans and, you know, I just 
he knew I was building costumes. And so I was just keeping him, you know, updated on the latest. So uh, a couple, um, a little bit later, LucasArts, because of that costume, contacted me, LucasArts, which was the video game uh, um, arm of Lucasfilm at the time. They called and said that they wanted to use my costume for something. And that was, man, that was what, you know, when you're building these costumes, you know, you know, um, Lizzie, that when, when you're building these costumes, um, wouldn't it be awesome if Lucasfilm saw it and appreciated it for something that was worthy of being used in some way? And so, but the problem was I didn't have it at the time. I had sent it off to be chromed. And so I was heartbroken because I thought, oh, no, we're not going to be able to use it. Uh, but they said, that's okay. And they, they sped up the process of it getting chrome. And then they flew me from North Carolina out to uh, Lucasfilm to finish building the costume there. And then the next day we left for Australia to give an, make an appearance as C-3PO. And that was um, in 2006. And then ever since then, they just give me a call when they need a backup for Anthony, Dan Anthony Daniels. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so exciting. Yeah, and so far I've been able to um, meet a president of the United States and go to the Oscars and numerous other TV appearances and, and the commercials that I just never would have ever imagined. Even though I was dreaming of, of being able to be used in some way, I just never could imagine how it could have worked out and somehow it did everyone's dream <laughs> yeah right <laughs> yeah that's awesome um so how like what's your what were you most excited to do like was um, it mandalorian like just anything <laughs> yeah yeah i every time they called me it seemed like it was better than the time before you know like mm -hmm. uh we need you to come on a disney cruise and appear, uh, make special appearance as C-3PO. And I was like, that that sounds amazing. I've never, you know, I, I've only been on a cruise once before, but a Disney cruise, that sounds awesome. And while I was on the Disney cruise, they called and said, uh, the Oscars called and they want C-3PO to make an appearance. And, wow. and they said, but you know, we're gonna check with Anthony Daniels. And I said, well, okay. I'm, I'm willing to do it, but I'm sure he's going to do it. So thank you very much for calling that, that, that's awesome. I'm just glad the fans get to see 3PO on TV again. And then mm -hmm. they called back and said, we need to get you off of that ship because we need to get you to Los Angeles to, because you are going to be on the Oscars. <laughs> Jeez, so, wow. so, um, they didn't have to pull me off of the ship. I, uh, the, it worked out, so they just flew me to Los Angeles, and uh, I did the, I, I um, practiced all of the uh, animation to match Anthony Daniels' voice track. Mm -hmm. And so he and I have worked together a lot on, uh, on several projects where he provides the voice and I provide the, uh, you know, the performance. And so um, when, the Lego Masters show called, I assumed it would be the same thing where 
he would record the voice and I would, or I would do the performance and then he would do the voice. I, you know, I just figured it was going to be him. But then when Lucasfilm said, uh, you're approved to do the voice, I was, you know, I'd been working on the voice for 14 years. And, uh, so I, I was just really thrilled to be able to, to do that, uh, on the show. That's so cool. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, can you do the voice oh, right awesome. now? Yes, do it. Well, you know, um, if you were to be on a podcast with C-3PO, he would, um, you know, his his um, primary function is etiquette and protocol, you know, so he's very proper. And uh, he would say, if by hand, I am C-3PO, human cyborg relations. <laughs> this is my counterpart, R2-D2. And uh, Miss Zoe, it's wonderful to be with you. And Miss Lizzie, where are you from? <laughs> so cool. Yeah. And then you would tell him where you're from and he, you know, and so Lizzie, where, where were you born? Mexico. <laughs> oh, the Mexico system. Yes, I'm quite familiar. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, it's very nice to be here, <laughs> you know. And so when we're doing the, um, the Lego Masters show, a lot of it was ad-libbed because that's just how Will Arnett is, you know, he's very... Uh, he's very, you know, improv master, you know, he, he just kind of goes with the flow and he's very funny and stuff. So um, that's just how I did it mm -hmm. as one, as the, as a guest, you know, on the show, 3PO would go around and, and uh, discuss, you know, kind of like make observations, you know, and oh, Ewoks, they're my favorite. <laughs> oh, you know, um, or, uh, you know, when they're talking about the, the different builds, you know, he's, you know, I was just, complimentary and also you know noticing certain things about their builds that um a lot of it uh didn't make it into the final cut of the show but um we had an awesome time and mm -hmm. let's see uh one so then whenever i do a show um as 3po i i always come i'm reveal the character to the cast and the crew first you know, I don't want them to meet and, and see like, oh, it's a guy in a costume and, you know, like that. So whenever they see 3PO or me for the first time, they're seeing 3PO and I, I come out and do an introduction and, you know, I'm usually there with R2 and we're like arguing or whatever. Um, <laughs> but I'm really trying to pay homage to Anthony Daniels work to, um, you know, since he can't be there, I am I am trying to present C-3PO in the most respectful and appropriate way uh, that I can. And so that it is, I try to make it as indistinguishable as possible uh, from the, you know, the real character that George mm -hmm. Lucas and Anthony Daniels has developed. And it really makes it fun because when the, when the crew and the cast meet C-3PO for the first time and don't know how this is possible or who it is or whatever. It really makes for a magical, you know, experience, I think. Um, it would for me as a fan to meet C-3PO and R2 in real life, you know? Uh, mm -hmm. So yeah. that's that's really what, it's because I love this character. I love Star Wars. I love um, the, the whole galaxy. And, uh, you know, I want someone to have, uh, you know, a really personal and, you know, as Star Wars in universe as possible experience. 
it's amazing yeah <laughs> sorry i just have all compliments <laughs> um, oh no it's fine <laughs> but uh that's so cool um now, so then now, have you guys done you guys? costuming huh you you guys have done costuming right yes, yes. um we're both sabines from star wars rebels yes and awesome wow. even if i wanted to i don't think i would be able to sound <laughs> like sabine well, I didn't think I could sound like 3PO either because my normal voice isn't, you know, a high kind of British, you know, voice. Um, but you know what I did is, and you can do this too, is I listened to, uh, for 80 minutes a day, because I, I would drive back and forth to work, 80 minutes a day I would listen to the DVDs in my car, just the C-3PO scenes. And I would just try and copy over and over and over I would hear it listen to it loop and try and copy it you know and at first you know it wasn't it was it didn't sound anything like it and you know so now it's a little more similar but it just took you know just took practice just going over and over but yeah you know people don't nobody really talks like c3po in, in, <laughs> in real life you know but you can you you can learn to do sabine's voice you just practice that would be that would be cool since we also have like a mask kind of for or at least I always have my helmet on because right. I don't like to have a wig. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, that would be cool. Um, yeah, because you know, when you meet, like what kind of events do you go to where you're in the costume? <laughs> uh, like conventions and charity events. Yeah. So wouldn't it be cool because there's a lot of people at conventions who are dressed in costumes um, because just for the fun of it, right? But mm -hmm. wouldn't it be cool if people thought, is this, is this a real, you know, is this a Disney character or is this someone from Lucasfilm? You know, it wouldn't it be cool. And the way that you do that is you stay in character when you're meeting people and they're wanting right. to take pictures. And so you learn kind of some of the things Sabine would say. And, you know, you know, you think about things the way she would think about things and, you know, have, have a few phrases like, you know, four phrases say that, that you, that she would say. And that when you're interacting with someone, you know, um, you can turn the conversation into uh, that everything that you say is something that Sabine would say, and it really makes for a really cool experience. Yeah, it was. It's kind of funny because my little brother Axel does Ezra, and right. we were at an event one time, and he and he was Ezra, and like a bunch of little. He's really good at making friends, yeah. um, and so he was running around as Ezra and they were like, Ezra, where, where are your parents? And he <laughs> looks at them so sad. He's like, I don't know. And oh. <laughs> <he> runs oh. <laughs> this was season one. That, yeah. Cause that character is, you know, doesn't, doesn't really have biological parents on the show. He does have a family, but you know, um, he is kind of a loner. So that's good. That's cool. Yeah. So yeah. Axel is definitely working on that. <laughs> that's, neat. that's great. It makes us, it make yeah, it just makes for a cool experience. So that's what that's what I do on the show, on the shows, and even on commercials. When I do a commercial, I usually um, come out on set uh, all fully dressed and in character. And and when you meet people, because then their performances are real. Like they they right. yeah, you know they're they're also you know talented actors and stuff. And um, but you know it it makes for a more of a um, collaborative. Uh, experience mixed with magic because they're also kind of like, you know, they're also having this feeling like, Oh, I just met R2D2, you know, or C3PO. Mm -hmm. 
and now we're also doing this performance and it just makes it makes it cool so um that's why that and, and that's what i did when i was doing just conventions as just uh not an actor but as a per, just a fan who would like to be a performer i would like if i was going as boba fett i would just go by myself and i would wander <laughs> i would wander and stop and out stare at people or i'd go up to a you know go up to a balcony and stand there with my rifle and just look out over you know and right. um but i did have the voice uh that i was doing for boba fett and so he's he's a character who is very quiet doesn't have a lot to say but when he does you know it's very deliberate and so uh anyway so i would just practice there and then i was like i really love performing you know i hope this can turn into something more someday so when when uh the mandalorian called because they knew that i did c-3po i was so excited because it was for a droid and i was like oh i, I know how to do droids you know and um but it was a different kind of droid zero is not a kind of um fussy you know appropriate <laughs> you know yeah. um kind of a droid he is uh, but he can be, you know, sarcastic or he can be uh, very matter of fact. But um, when they called for me, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't, didn't know really anything about the character other than a picture that I saw and that he was a bounty hunter. So I was like, oh, maybe it could be like Boba Fett mixed with C-3PO, you know. <laughs> and, uh, but, but as I got to know, got to see the character, you know, as an actor, you want to bring uh you want to bring ideas to the project instead of having the director just tell you you know everything what to do how to act how to move and stuff like that so you know i just had i had ideas like he looks kind of like a praying mantis you know his face yeah. and so so i went home and i um after i did the screen test where i just kind of moved around and and uh drew my blaster and kind of walked around in the at the studio i just walked they were like okay put on the head come over here but when i was walking over to the the screen test i was already trying to be the character so i would i would glare at people as i walked by them you know <laughs> and just move very uh smoothly you know and isolate all the body parts because he is a droid and right. uh and, and and that was really effective because people in the studio were like oh wow that looks great you know because they just saw the costume before so <laughs> Um, so I went home and I watched a bunch of videos of praying mantis bugs and how they move. Oh, cool. And if you go and watch a video of praying mantis and then go back and watch, uh, episode six on the Mandalorian, you, hopefully you'll be able to see some of my, um, movements are, are similar to, to the praying mantis. And, um, and anyway, I was just trying to bring an idea to it and that, that seemed to work. That's so cool. Um, and that's really like, <laughs> that was very useful that you like already knew how to do, be a droid. And then <laughs> here you are being another, that's so cool. Um, right. So how was being on the set? Like, were you excited? Were you nervous? Well, um, I really prepared myself because I, like I told you, I, did, I looked up, you know, how I should move and mm -hmm. things like that. And so when I got there, I wasn't nervous because I, I, I was very prepared, but 
I was so excited. I was so, <laughs> like you can imagine being on a Star Wars set and you are a character and, you know, um, you know, John Favreau is, is, is directing you or Dave Filoni or Deborah Chow, um, you know, are, are, you know, telling you what to do um, or, where, or where to be or whatever. And so the very first time I stepped foot on the set was not as Zero, it was as the ferryman. And um, who appears in the first episode, you know, the guy with right. the snap, you know, he's yes. out on the ice. So when they told me I was going to be, um, you know, shooting, I, I went and waited. And then they said, okay, Chris, we're going we're gonna to have your scene now. And it just felt like everything slowed down to really slow motion, <laughs> you know? Mm -hmm. And so, because it is such a responsibility that we have to not only because, you know, to do a good performance, but because not only because I love Star Wars, but because everyone loves Star Wars. And you, you want to provide a performance that, you know, really makes this feel like Star Wars, like the original trilogy. And when, when I say that, I mean, cause you know, that, that was the first one that I saw is the first one a lot of people saw, but um, it just has such something so relatable to it and that that was really how mandalorian we were trying to make it like you know the original trilogy um familiar but new and so there was just a lot just a weight on me that i put on myself because i really wanted uh to give the fans something that felt really in in the star wars universe mm -hmm. so it was you know the next time that uh later when i was doing zero they said, okay, you, I knew I had the script and you knew that I was one day going to be flying the ship, you know, which is something that you practice as a seven-year-old kid in a cardboard box with buttons and drawing <laughs> stuff on the thing. And you're like, yeah. You more practice. <laughs> yeah, right. Pushing the buttons and you're pretending you're going to hyperspace and everything. And now I was going to be doing that for real in an actual, you know, uh, Star Wars production. And so they said, okay, Chris, we're going to uh, have you go get familiar with the, with uh, Mandalorian's cockpit. Um, casually. Why, just why, Yeah, yeah casually. Like, so why <laughs> don't you go do that? And I was like, yeah, okay. I'm playing it really cool. Being professional. I'm, you know, I'm a professional performer. I'm not. Yes. Okay. And then I go over to the cockpit and I'm inside it. Nobody's around and I'm pushing all the buttons, and <laughs> doing all the levers, you know, and I'm firing lasers and, you know, pretending I'm going into hyperspace. And it was so awesome. It was so <laughs> Yeah. So, um, that was that was really my most fun was flying the ship because Zero had uh, you know several scenes where he's flying the shots where he's flying the ship and and uh, they, they I was just doing whatever I wanted to do pushing the buttons and and it was it was really realistic because you have the volume or the video walls around you and so when I say um, jumping to hyperspace now when i do that all of the stars you know just like you see in the film are right in front of me and they're blasting all around me stretching to That's infinity so cool and uh and it was you know it was just so realistic it was and it was practical too you know there was no cg on the uh in front of me it was just all real so it really made it magical for me mm -hmm. oh that's so cool that's yeah kind of just 
me at the Galaxy's Edge Falcon ride. <laughs> yeah, it was really similar to that because everything you see around you is so real, you know. Mm -hmm. And that was that was it felt a lot like that. I hadn't been on on that attraction while I was filming this, so um, when I did go to the Galaxy's Edge and fly the Falcon, I was like, oh wow, I'm really glad that everybody can experience what it felt like to fly a real Star Wars, you know, ship. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I have to ask, um, cause you played about playing Q9. Is there, um, what would you say like the main, I guess, difference between playing a character that is already established and that you have to like adhere to another performance versus creating a new character that you can play with more? That is a great question. Um, it's different. It's not, to me, it wasn't better or worse. It, it was different. C-3PO, you know, you have all this reference. You have all of Anthony Daniels' uh, performances that you can draw from. And Zero, I had, I didn't have anything. So I really did feel like we were making it up right there. But I didn't, but because like I, like I said, I was prepared with some something of what I would make him into be that's what he became because as an actor you are putting yourself into this character and and you're mixing your performance with the costume into something that's bigger than both of those things so for me it was so satisfying because i was like you know i really want to do a good job I, I didn't i didn't ever think like okay this is my character i always thought of it as this is this is John Favreau's character and Dave Filoni's character. I, I really want to make sure I do a good job. Um, mm -hmm. You know, so, uh, but it was so cool to be able to, you know, make it up or bring your own ideas to it. And then uh, John and Dave and, and the other directors, Deborah Chow, she was the one who directed me flying when I was flying the ship. Um, Rick Famayua, is the director who directed me when I was being introduced to the crew, you know, when, when Zero and, um, and Berg and, uh, um, um, uh, shoot, sorry. <laughs> um, that, um, okay. the other characters, uh, yes. and, and Mando and, uh, you know, when, when he was being introduced to them, that was Rick Famuyiwa directing that. Um, but, uh, I'll tell you, you one. You were sassy to the Mando. What's that? You were sassy to the Mando. Oh, that's a great way to describe it. Yeah. <laughs> well, see, that's the thing is, you know, they obviously they provide, you know, you with a script and there are lines that are already written. Um, but as I was reading them, I was like, oh, wow, I can see, you know, I, I they already told me, you know, Mando doesn't like droids. So <laughs> I already felt like I had this cool edge because he's the star of the show and he doesn't like me that that's that's that so i played i played with that and was like you know i'm gonna i'm gonna kind of like rub his nose in it you know um mm -hmm. that he doesn't like droids and i get to fly his ship and he doesn't get to you know uh, and so so, so me you know, that's why i like you know i lean into him when i tell him you know um my response time is faster than organics and I'm smarter too, you know, and I tap my helmet, like I have a brain, you know, <laughs> um, but I lean into him really close to, to make it, you know, kind of like irritate him. Um, and then that's why, uh, um, 
the the other character who's kind of the boss of the crew uh played by uh, boone he kind of like you know pushes me away and says all right that's that's enough you know um don't <laughs> right. mind he's, he's a little rough around the edges and so i played that the whole time that zero is rough around the edges that's his you know his characteristic mm-hmm. um, because for humans you know we all have these you know we have to like hold our temper sometimes and we have to you know hold our emotions back sometimes or sometimes we're very emotional where 3po you know he's yeah he can seem emotional but he's not human and he doesn't really ever have a temper and he's very appropriate you know his etiquette is appropriate so he would never do anything to upset anyone that in his mind but zero he like you know that's that's he's a he's a droid and smarter than you so you'll just have to live with that, you know? And uh, I thought I thought that was such a cool difference than 3PO. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, <laughs> I keep saying that's cool, but it really is cool. It is cool, <laughs> it's cool to, to me create too. this character in Star yeah. Wars, in and Star then, Wars. <laughs> I know, and then they made a, a action figure, which like, ah, I, I thought I would always just be, you know, C-3PO, he, he's Anthony Daniels action figure, he's not, is that mine? Mm-hmm. So when I found out Funko was doing a pop character, um, and it's not somebody else's character, that was what a, what another dream come true, you know? Yeah. So, How many did you buy? Um, five. But <laughs> <laughs> um, I probably could have bought more, but you know, questions would have been asked. <laughs> <laughs> I want other people to enjoy the character too, but Uh I have, uh I have my little zero, my little bobblehead zero sitting right here. Um, It's it's really cool. You really should be proud of that. Yeah. Yeah. It's really awesome. Um, So, you know, the Mandalorian, the show. Mm -hmm. So one of the most important pieces of it, at least to me, Mm -hmm. is the child. (laughs) Yes, the child. How did you enjoy chasing around the child? (laughs) Well, um, the child was real. And all of my scenes with the child were real. And I uh, got to work with him in person, face to face. Um, You know, he's very quiet. He's he's not really talkative. Um, But he's so important. Right. But he's so important to everybody. And (laughs) that was something that Zero was really... You know, I don't think he knew that the bounty was a, a, a living thing. Uh, well, I guess he, he knew it was a living thing, but I don't think he knew it was that living thing, you know. So he's looking all over for the ship for, for him. But, you know, uh, for me as an actor working with the child. Um, Whatever, rub it in. <laughs> right. Was so... Uh, I, I keep, uh, I, I got to think of another word for magical because <laughs> it, so much of this show is magical. Um, it was, it was really cool because uh, he's moving, he's blinking, his uh, head is turning, his hands are, you know, doing the magic hands thing. And um, it, it's all happening right in front of me. So um, it was, it just made it so easy to, to pretend because that's really you know as an actor that's that's all we're doing is playing pretend but we're trying to do it in an effective way so that you feel something about this story Mm -hmm. um 
But uh, I will tell you, I, I haven't shared this, so this is this will be an exclusive for you. Um, in do you remember in episode six, the the prisoner when um, Zero is sitting in the in the seat and he hears something and he turns around and he sees the child standing there, right? Yes. And he turns back and he turns back around and he's gone. And then Zero <laughs> has to get up and leave the cockpit to go look for him, right? Mm -hmm. So when I leave the cockpit, leave my seat, I go through the door, you know, that goes to the back of the ship. Well, um, just to the right is a hole where a person stands, a crew member stands because they're operating things. And in the costume, I didn't realize there was a hole there. So when I walked through the door and turned right, I fell down through this hole and landed <laughs> on a person. <laughs> a person, uh, his name was Mike Manzel. He's a puppeteer. And I landed on him and I felt terrible, of oh, course. No. Um, because, but I didn't know there's a hole and it was dark in there and everything. So and anyway, that was embarrassing. And stuff. Yeah, yeah, helmet for safety. But, um, you know, <laughs> it's, it didn't do me very well because I, you know, hit him with my knees and <laughs> I felt that. Oh. Anyway. Uh, but that wasn't the only time I fell on the show. I, so I do all my own stunts, wow. <laughs> um, whether I know it or not. Um, no, but, you know, later in, uh, in episode seven, I play the droid in a cantina. Oh. You know, the, uh, the, the RA7, the chrome droid behind the... the uh, behind the counter? Counter, uh-huh. And okay, cool. um, Yeah, and so I, I'd done stunt training for that and everything. And they had, they had a pad ready for me because, you know, at the end of that scene, the RA-7 droid falls down uh, and, he, you know, he's disintegrated or he, you know, dies because he's shot, right? Um, oh, yeah. and, and so that's where I was supposed to land. And uh, we practiced it over and over. And when we go to shoot it, uh, one of the stormtroopers bumped into me and knocked me off balance. And I fell on the hard floor in this hard fiberglass costume. Um, and you can see this moment in the Disney Gallery uh, series show um, uh, that, that just uh, launched yesterday or today, um, where in, in the scene, I think it's about 12 minutes into the episode, um, you see Deborah Chow. It's her section that uh, they were talking about her. And mm -hmm. you'll see me fall down on the hard floor and my legs go flying up. That was not, that was not me doing my own stunts. That was an accident <laughs> because the stormtrooper bumped into me. Uh, but anyway, it was you know you you get back up and you uh, and you take a break and then you get back in there and you do you know the more of the more of the shots. Um, you but, do your yeah. own stunts whether it's on accident or on purpose. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. So we made sure and land on the pad every time. Um, but still, you know, if you've worn armored costumes, there's, you know, pinches and spots and stuff like that. But, yeah, you know, at the end of the day, I was in Star Wars and the Mandalorian and I, I felt like, you know, I, I could, I could do more of this. <laughs> <laughs> no matter how many times you fall, you will keep doing it. Yes. Yeah. Because it is so fun. <laughs> <laughs> that's, you're so lucky uh, yes that's so yeah. cool 
you know, because I would be freaking out if I would ask to do a Sabine. But, you know. <laughs> no, you would. You would when you get the email, when you get the phone call, and then when you go in for the, you know, you're driving to the set to do it. But when you get on there, you're surrounded by all these professional people, and you, you know you want to be professional because you want them to call you back, right? Right. So inside, you contain all this, you know, excitement and all this emotion. You channel it. Instead of exploding with, you know, um, excitement glitter, um, you channel it into this, you know, this one stream of performance, and you put all of your energy into being that character. And then when you're all done, then you explode with glitter, you know, um, <laughs> inside. But, um, you know, you, because everyone is so, you know, you know, professional, but everyone on set, you know, loves Star Wars. Everyone's seen Star Wars. Everyone loves it. Except for um, the client. You remember who the client is? Oh, Werner Herzog. Werner Herzog, right. He was the epitome, you know, he, he has been uh, an actor, a director, a writer, a producer for way longer than I've been alive, you know? And he, being there as an actor, he was very, very serious. <clears throat> and so when I was, I was getting food one day and I was still on this, you know, I was so excited. And, uh, and I, I saw him, you know, we were both standing there eating like, you know, cheese and crackers. And, uh, and this is the first time I'm ever meeting him or talking to him. And I said, isn't this so exciting to be part of this? And he was very quiet. And he goes, this is serious work. <laughs> and I was like, inside, I was like, oh no, I shouldn't have said anything. And, and he said, we are creating characters that uh, are breathing living things that live or die and this is serious work everything you do is for this character and i was like what do you say yeah. after that <laughs> i was quiet i was really quiet and i was like yep you're like yeah man <laughs> exactly what i was thinking yep yeah right <laughs> but uh it was actually a master class for me in like in like two minutes of how you are on set you are telling a story um to with a great responsibility to star wars fans and this needs to be powerful and they need to feel something it can't just be me bouncing around on switches and you know in cockpits and goofing around it has to be the star wars universe right and i was so grateful that i had that just two minute interaction with him. I learned a whole semester or a whole year of, of uh, acting class mm -hmm. in those two minutes with Werner Herzog. It was really a special moment. I'm, I'm guessing you didn't point out that your character wasn't living and breathing. <laughs> <laughs> Great, oh man, what, oh, I know I was so stunned at the moment, but wow. <laughs> You know, next time I work with him, I'm going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, Zoe. <laughs> that's that just what, that's I what that. I thought when he said that. Yes. I was like, well, it's a droid. <laughs> I, was just in, I would just be in awe. <laughs> actually, I would push up my glasses and say, actually, <laughs> I don't breathe. 
you know, <laughs> and then he would just walk away in disgust. <laughs> <laughs> I, right. I think that's so cool that you were able to meet all these amazing actors and uh, all the people behind the set. Um, so I just remember this with Warner, this one part, because if he's... <laughs> Now that I know that he's like this serious person, yeah. it's even funnier to me when he, uh, I think it was one of the um, showings of like the Mandalorian, like first two or three episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and wait, dad. This is the premiere, right? Come here, dad. You tell the story. Dad's very good. Oh, hey. Here, dad. The Werner <laughs> story. Werner story. Yeah. Oh, about I think they the, told that story. The child, already, yeah. I don't remember it. It was <laughs> like they were doing the thing and they were doing the scene. <laughs> Hi, Chris. How are you? <laughs> How's it going, Mr. Perales? Yeah, pretty good. How's it going, Mr. 3PO? <laughs> or zero or... Uh, go ahead. Uh, what is it? What do we, we call it? The R-A- R-A-7, right? Yes. Ferryman. The ferryman, right. The ferryman it's was going like the great. It's great to hear outfit, your voice. By the way. What's that? I just think that the fairy, the ferryman's outfit was just yes. super cool. It was. Yeah. It was cool. It was I loved cool. it. I loved his mask. It was so familiar to the, the spy on uh, Mos Eisley, you know? Yeah. It was really cool. You yeah. got to be a cool Cubaz. Yes. Right. You know? That's right. So you uh, have a story about Werner Herzog. Yeah. When we went to, I think you were there at the Mandalorian premiere. Uh, huh they were talking, doing a Q&A. Yeah, they were doing a Q&A and Filoni and, uh, and Favreau came out at the end and were like, okay, we have the one last story. And it's like, Werner Herzog was, you know, shooting with the baby and stuff. And we didn't know if the puppet was going to work. Like we had the super crazy expensive puppet, but also we were shooting empty plates so that ILM could, you know, replace it with CG if it like, if they uh-huh. had to. And we wanted to have options. Yeah. And Werner was looking at us and going like, what are you doing? And he was like, you know, asking leave about it. why, no, leave the puppet there. Like, you are cowards, yes. leave the puppet there. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, believe in the puppet. <laughs> like, <laughs> That's right. So uh, I just thought cowards. that was really hilarious. That he's like, cowards. you're cowards, leave the puppet, yes. shoot with the puppet. That's right. That's yeah. right. He was very serious about uh, that the child was a real, was a real character. And that made it even more real for all of us. Yeah. And they said at some point when he was shooting with the child that like, you know, he, they would yell cut and he would continue to interact with the child as if the child was the child. Right. Well, have you ever done this? Have you ever done this with R2? You know, you, you guys have appeared with R2D2 before, right? Plenty. Yeah. 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 So have you ever tried this where you talk to R2 and, and, and see if the performer is paying attention you know so like you say to r2 like so r2 what have you been doing today you know and if the performer is on their game you know they'll r2 will talk back to you and and just try and see how long you can keep a conversation going with r2d2 because as you get into it and you're doing it you sort of lose a little bit of reality and you feel and realize you're talking to r2d2 and you're having a conversation with r2 and if as a performer, you can do that for other guests or people at conventions or events or whatever, it makes it more, way more than just, like I was talking to the girls, 
way more than just a momentary, oh, it's a person who has a cool costume. No, this is like the real character. I mean, you, I, I'm sure you've done this, right, with your character. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, like that's totally, especially when you're like talking to young kids, you do, yes. a, you know, I do my best to be like, yeah, that's right, you know, uh, you know, no hair is back at the ship with the ghost, you know? Yes, exactly. <laughs> you do whatever you can, but right. uh, when we talk to R2, like most of the times we end up dancing more than I think I would like. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure how that happens. We but, talk to right. Chopper more. Yeah, if there's right? a Chopper, we like, really try right? to get into it and keep him. Yes. Uh, what else? I think one of my favorite moments like that was uh, back during like season one of Rebels. Uh-huh. Axel had Axel, just got yeah, his first. Story, yeah. Oh, you told it already? Yeah. Okay. But that was cool. That's it. <laughs> that's <laughs> yes, the end right. Oh, as Ezra, right? Minutes. Yeah, as Ezra, all the little kids were coming in like, how, what happened to your parents? And Axel's exactly. like nine years old, like, I don't know, man. I don't know. <laughs> Perfect. It's been a tough life. <laughs> yeah. Well, cool. That was a lot of fun. Well, good to talk to you. And I'm sure it's we good to talk to you. In the future, I'm going to let my daughter have her podcast back now. Okay. <laughs> All right. I'll talk to you soon. Bye, Zoe. Hi. Hello. Yes. That's my, uh, you know, every time we podcast, dad pops in. <laughs> Great. That's good. I love, I love your family. I love that you guys, um, uh, you know, um, costume together, you build costumes together, you, you uh, have become such a, a favorite uh, fan family in the Star Wars universe. I mean, I've seen you um, at conventions, you know, tons of conventions, but also in footage of those conventions. Lucasfilm really thinks highly of your family. Um, I mean, I'm not a Lucasfilm spokesperson, but I know people who work there and I do know that, you know, your family is really special to the Lucasfilm family and the Star Wars fan galaxy yeah it's i'm very grateful especially because like when we i think my favorite thing was either when we went to go see the mandalorian or Mm -hmm. also i really loved when we went to celebration orlando and we were they were like oh yeah just come on stage with us yeah like what (laughs) that must have felt amazing to you it was great um it was super I was super nervous, but I was glad I had my helmet. Yes, um, right. But it was kind of like weird because we went on stage. I was so happy. They're like, okay, everyone, like you can go and sit down. I sat down next to Sam Witwer and I was like, wow, this yeah. is like so great. And I so was like, you know super what it's nervous. like, right. You know what like, it's like to step, to step from, you know, the step from the world of the fan across the line into onto the Star Wars stage, you know, that is, I mean, that it, that's what it feels like. And, um, suddenly, uh, you're different, not, not different from other people, but different inside. Like you feel this responsibility probably to, to, you know, uphold the character and not do anything inappropriate with the character or make them the the best, you know, representation of Sabine. Okay. I got a question for you. Oh, yes. (laughs) About Sabine. So, you know, in The Mandalorian, mm-hmm. um, he never takes off his helmet. Right. But Sabine is also a Mandalorian, right? Yes. And she takes off her helmet. <laughs> so does. why why does she take off her helmet and he doesn't? Um, so, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I, okay. You know, uh, Dave Filoni has never whispered these uh, answers. <laughs> <laughs> me. Yeah. But, um, I don't know. I mean, 
it might have to do with the Night of a Thousand Tears. Um, maybe. I'm not really sure, but there's also, like, different clans um, mm-hmm. for Mandalorians. So, mm-hmm. like, it might just be, like, their own set of rules that they have, their own little, uh, um, in their own little little gang. Yeah. Uh, but I, I don't know, because I did find that really interesting that, like, he um, never takes off his helmet, like, and it's like this almost religious kind of thing mm-hmm. that, and like no one's allowed to take him off but he like i guess he can take it off but like he can't let other people see it you know which right yeah and then when yeah because he, he has to eat right right yeah. yes <laughs> so he takes it out um i see you're you are a mandalorian more of a mandalorian expert than i am i'm just i just know droids and uh, I'll, my only experience with Mandalorians is with uh, um, Din Djarin. And mm-hmm. so, um, but you know more about, I really like your explanation about um, not only are there different clans, but um, the Night of a Thousand Tears. That's really interesting because that's, that's is that the purge? I think so, uh, right, Zoe? Okay. I thought the Night of a Thousand Tears was a Siege of Mandalore, but I... Oh, okay. okay. Maybe. Okay. I don't know. They're not super... They haven't been super clear with exactly right. what the timeline is it's like everything. It's like... But, I've heard so many things from Mandalorians. It's like Siege of Mandalore, uh, Night of a Thousand Tears, uh, you know... Wikipedia. Let's see. Right, right. <laughs> no, yeah. it's according to Wikipedia, which granted is fan-created... Um, uh-huh. Night of a Thousand Tears is part of the Siege of Mandalore, where the gunships okay. were flying over. So okay, yeah. and there's a and there there's a tra- it's tragic for the Mandal for Mandalore, right? Yes. Yeah, I really like that idea. I'm not I'm not going to say that's like you know Star Wars uh, doctrine, you know, or or you know <laughs> canon. I don't I don't know. But I really liked that idea that um, you don't have that power yet. <laughs> he doesn't, right? He one day maybe you'll be in the story group. Um, what, but you know, maybe the reason he doesn't take it off is because um, because it was there was a tragic event in the, in the past, and he just decided I'm never taking it off again. Um, yeah, who knows? Maybe yeah. we'll find out in season two. I was talking about this with friends once, and I said maybe they're just, like, more strict Mandalorians. Like, the other Mandalorians are normal, but then that clan that we see in the show is, like, the Mandalorian oh, yeah. Amish or something. Right. Mandalorian Amish. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay, I see what you mean. More more fundamental, more, like, uh, by the book, letter of the law kind of thing. This is the way, they say. This is the way. <laughs> right. How did it feel being killed by the Mandalorian? <laughs> Well, since I wasn't alive, we can't really say I was killed. Um, you know, maybe deactivated or disintegrated. But right. um, you know, um, I knew it was coming. So um, I think but, Baby Yoda definitely did that. Yeah, of you course. Think so yeah, you know, <laughs> he does do the magic hands thing, um, and some sometimes force, you know, comes out of that. Um, <laughs> but anyway, how did it feel? Well, as a um, character, I felt nothing because I was just deactivated. My switch was just turned off. But <laughs> as an actor, um, you know, I I got to be, you know, wired with um, pyro uh, because I was going to, you know, have explosions, you know, and, and I was going to, you know, die. 
um, or fall down again. <laughs> what is it, droids and falling down um, for me? <laughs> anyway, I, um, uh, so what they did is, you know, Zero is looking for the child. He finds the child finally. And um, in a surprise moment, uh, instead of uh, me killing or trying to kill the child, uh, Mando disintegrates me or you know deactivates me. That was uh, I loved being part of a cool twist moment. Right. Um, and you know, and then of course the falling part. You just you know I'm just gonna we're gonna do this shot <laughs> twelve times and I'm gonna fall down in different ways and see which one looks good and then. I'll I'll sleep tonight. You know, it's just fine. Uh, we just keep getting up and doing it. It's really it's a really cool right. moment though. My son Hudson uh, went to school and was telling his friends, "Hey, my dad's in the Mandalorian. He's the one who tries to kill, in his words, Baby Yoda." Oh no! And his friends were like, first of all, we don't believe you that your dad tried to kill Baby Yoda because <laughs> Baby Yoda is awesome." And also, you know, they need more proof because you never see my face, right? Right. And I'm like you. I like being behind the mask. I like having a character that I can, you know, uh, the mask is really, well, you know, really helpful as an actor to, you know, you can be, you can play whatever you want behind the mask because the mask speaks so much. You know, it is, it is harder to, to be a, an actor and act with your eyes when they're not giant chrome, you know, uh, bug eyes. Right. Um, but, uh, anyway, the moment, what was it like? It was, it was, uh, it was so much fun. Cause you're just pretending like when you're a kid, you know, when you're playing shootout with your friends <laughs> and you're like, I got you, you're dead. No, I'm not. I didn't <laughs> no, die. Not. You missed me. You know, like that. Um, it was just like that. It was, it was just all like, <laughs> like pretending as a kid, but as an adult, it's just the most fun. You should have gotten up and like, no, I'm not. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> That would have been awesome if Werner Herzog wasn't just shortly, you know, just close by offset. And then, then, you know, I just kept remind, remembering, you know, this, is serious. this is serious work. You yeah. are a character. Yeah. So anyway, not, not a ton of goofing off on set. Not a lot of blooper stuff, but. Did except you get to I, hold so. Baby Yoda? Did I get to hold the child? Um... Uh, I will say I got to pet the child, but, um, you know, I, I didn't do a lot of hands on because I didn't want to, I didn't want to, you know, break anything. I didn't want to fall in love. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. I <laughs> fall in love. I didn't, well, we all fell in love with the child because he's so, he's so adorable. He um, is. You know, those big, it's those big dark eyes, you know, that's really, they're hypnotizing, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yes um, so yeah. obviously the child was a huge secret um before the show came right. out like no one really knew so what was it like having to keep that the existence of the child a secret for so long i just from the first time i saw him and realized oh he's the point <laughs> of the whole season i'm seeing this on my very first day i saw him and at, this is a whole year and a half before the show is going to come out um, and I'm seeing him for the first time and I'm realizing this is, this is the point of the whole show that he's going to be this, the big secret. I just put it out of my mind. I just never, I just never 
you know, I just didn't think about it anymore because I didn't want to be tempted to talk about it. Um, I didn't tell anybody about it. I didn't tell my kids about it, nothing. Um, uh, however, um, my sons uh, and I took a tour of Legacy Effects where the child was made. And <laughs> so we, we went in the summer before the show came out. So they actually got to see uh, the child before he appeared on screen. And they were so good. They were so, they didn't tell anybody about it. And I was so proud of Porter and Hudson for not revealing the biggest <laughs> secret. Um, but because I didn't know when, what episode he was going to be revealed. I didn't know if it was going to be like at the end of the season or beginning. I didn't know. So I was so happy that he was revealed at the end of the first episode. So, okay, now I can talk about it finally. <laughs> I don't have to wait another, you know, several weeks I'm or months. I'm surprised they were able to keep that a secret. I am too. Like, I am too. You know what I like? Not that I know, but like I feel like no one knew. Um, no, uh, yeah, I didn't. I didn't hear about anything on forums, or I didn't in conversations of fans that were you know interested in the show or anything. Nobody talked about it, so I was like, wow, they did such a good job, you know. And that's that's a really it's a big crew, and there's a it's really you know important to keep those things special because when they're revealed on screen, it's you know, that that's how you want them to be revealed. You don't want them to be revealed on like rumors and, and stuff right. like that. You want to be surprised. So I, I was grateful that as a fan, I got to be surprised um, in that, in that moment, just like everybody else. Cause I didn't know when he was going to be revealed. Mm -hmm. So what did you guys think when you saw him for the first time? Baby Yoda? Yeah. <laughs> the child? child. Oh, the child. <laughs> my goodness I didn't were you expecting <laughs> right I just like so they were like oh and it's 50 years old and and like the thing is the little orb is there and it's opening up and I was like is it a head like what is, what's going on oh. I don't understand <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah that'd be um, weird and then and then he was there and I just died on the inside i didn't know what to think i was like is this real wait <laughs> right hold on what did yeah. you who what did you think it was did you well think it I was something different uh what do you mean like i mean he looks like yoda but did right. his species but i'm curious what people think when they first saw him like what went through their mind I so I knew it, it couldn't have been baby Yoda like actual baby Yoda so you mean Yoda as a child yes <laughs> right uh-huh um so at this I was point Yoda waiting. has already become one with the force right yes this is, this is five years after Return of the Jedi right yeah yeah so I I just wasn't sure I was like wait what what is that? I don't and it had like the big ears and like the right. eyes. I was just, I was freaking out and I was eating pie too. And I was like, <laughs> it's the cutest thing I've ever seen. How did they make it so cute? I like, like that you remembered what you were eating when you saw baby Yoda for the first time. <laughs> it was that memorable. <laughs> wow. Wow. That's yeah. Great. And I'm not sure what like went through my head, but I just remember going, oh, baby Yoda. Just instantly. <laughs> like that was the first my first because yeah. that was like the right. last thing I guess I expected I don't know what I expected but it was not right that, <laughs> not something so cute I thought it'd be something gross like you you were saying a head or 
or what? Babu something. Frick. <laughs> right, right. Babu Frick. I love Babu Frick. Don't oh, give me Babu. Babu Frick. He's, He's not cool. Gross. He's cool. Yeah. Just like it would have been funny <laughs> if he was in there instead of Baby Yoda. <laughs> he popped out and was like, hey. Hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's funny. Yep. Uh, well, cool. And what did you think um, when, when uh, you saw IG-11? Ooh, um, I, I really like, I, okay, so when we first heard about IG-11, uh, mm-hmm. everyone was saying like, oh, it's IG-88, because we didn't know if it was IG-88 or not. Yeah, because uh, I didn't know the name. John revealed a screen, a, a shot of him on his Instagram. Right. So, but no explanation. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I was the one that was like, I was like, no. That's not IG-88. Why would they use IG-88? Like, um, and so I was looking, I was like, everyone was like, it's IG-88. And I was like, no, <laughs> hold on. And like, I looked at like pictures of IG-88 and IG-11. I was like, that's not the same at all. Like, <laughs> wow, good for you. <laughs> and I was like, that, like the sash is different, like this little pattern here. And wow. And I was like, that's not him. And, you know, my dad and everyone were like, oh, no, like, you know, droid parts can change. And I was like, yeah, but like, not that, like, no, no. Well, <laughs> I, like C-3PO, he got a, he had a silver leg. And then when he was first chromed, he, had, he was all gold. Right. So, your dad's like, right. That was, a, that was a paint job. So this was more <laughs> like the actual pattern. Structure. Of it. I yeah. see. Okay. I, yeah. I will point out that as as a friend of many R2 builders, every yeah. R2 in every movie is different parts, like just slightly, mm-hmm. you know? Right. Good observation. That's right. Because I know because I complain about it sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um, yeah, he was a cool, he was such a cool character too, and a practical one, meaning that he was actually on set and, uh, and um, you know, it was really cool to see him the first time i saw him was he was laying on a table and quill was um was working on him and um by the way quill played by misty rosas uh you should talk to her she is so awesome mm. she is such a great um did i lose you oh hello hello oh yeah there you go um <laughs> She is such a great, such a positive, awesome person. Um, and she's the one who played Quill um, on the show. Um, she is, you, uh, you would really love talking to her anyway. So full, so full, mm-hmm. of, full of positivity and, um, and uh, such a talented uh, performer, not only as a creature performer, but also as a singer and a dancer as well. She's so cool. We will definitely try to get her on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I was, I was, <laughs> I, I just remember um, my dad sometimes calls um, Haas from uh, the Blue Harvest podcast. And like, it's, it's so cute because <laughs> it's so cute because like Haas will call my dad when something comes out and they'll just talk about it. And so I was on my way, like my dad was driving me to school and they uh-huh. were talking about um Mandalorian and they're and Haas was like oh an IG-88 and I told him I was like it's not IG-88 I know it's not I know it's not I swear (laughs) and 
and then they announced it and I was and then my cause called my dad again he was like Lizzie was right <laughs> uh, and you're like I don't want to say I told you so but, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah and he had a twist he had a twist uh of of storyline as well right um because yeah. we you know we at first he wanted to kill the child oh, and yes. then quill reprogrammed him to be a nurse droid instead of an assassin droid. That. That was so i was cool. not either yeah i was i was very... as surprised as that as well because when you're filming the stuff you only get the script for your part for that day you don't get the whole story so you're filming in parts and and you you hope that your performance you know flows with the rest of everyone else's and the whole storyline um so i was really actually glad for the secrecy because that meant i could watch the show and still you know yeah. be a fan of uh, the parts that i didn't you know that i wasn't in so that was cool that's super cool uh, yeah they definitely wanted you to experience it on your own yeah yeah i mean um, also they didn't want too many people knowing what was going on so <laughs> true you know, it's also that but uh, I was, you know, was, that was a good side benefit from, uh, you know, all the, all the high security on the script. Right. Yeah. So I actually have to go and make some dinner. Oh, <laughs> wow. Real life? Okay. Yeah, well, real life. <laughs> so fun uh, talking with you guys. It was so great talking to you. Yeah, it was and a lot of fun. Learning your experiences. Oh, thanks. Thanks. I really appreciate it. Um, and uh, so you guys um, go watch, if you haven't already, the Disney Gallery series, uh, The Making of the Mandalorian. Of course. Uh, I think and, I started uh, it and it, was, it looked really good. Yeah. So and then go, you know, there's so many talented people that work on this show and all of them love Star Wars. And they really uh, do such a good job of bringing the familiar, you know, and the new together into a great show. So I'm just so thankful for this opportunity to be, to be on it. And um, I'm so glad that fans get to have more Star Wars. Yeah, we're so grateful that you're part of the Star Wars community. Oh, you're so sweet. Thank you so much. <laughs> All uh, right. Yeah. Um, well, you so, go make dinner. Yes. Where can <laughs> we find you? I'm on Instagram at Chris F. Bartlett. Okay. F awesome. as in Filoni. My name, middle name, not <laughs> Chris F. Bartlett. Yeah, that's my Instagram. And that's, uh, that's the same thing on Twitter also. But um, Instagram is really where I go and connect with, with uh, mm -hmm. friends and fans there the most. So um, I, I post uh, anything that I'm working on that I can. And uh, the stuff that I can't, you'll right. eventually see it when you can. <laughs> you should do more C-3PO impressions. Oh, really? Well, I do. Okay, I, I actually have a video coming uh, of me in the booth recording for the Lego Masters show. So okay. while I was recording there, um, I, I, I took some video. So I'll, I'll, put, I'll post that up. That's a good idea. Awesome. Okay. Okay. All right. Thank you well, so much. Yes. And uh, may the fourth be with you. May the fourth be with <laughs> you. May the fourth. May the fourth. Yes, that's what I said. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. All right. You guys have a great day. You too. Thank you. You too. Thank you. Thanks again. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye. I will.
that was our show. Uh, and yeah. again, many thanks to Chris for joining us. That was an awesome episode. It really was. Um, we I didn't was... do our intro. No. We'll, <laughs> we'll just... It's fine. No, figure it out. We'll just pop the music on. That's it. We go. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, I was Zoe. I was Lizzie. Wait, what's our business? Where can they find us, Zoe? Oh, right. You can find us on Twitter (laughs) at SWGeekGirl. Um, we don't have Instagram, but you can follow our page on Facebook. That's just Star Wars Geek Girl. And Mm -hmm. you already know how to find the podcast if you're hearing this. Um, But if you want to listen to it on other place, we're on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, probably something else. Probably. Um, find out. If there's a podcast place, just look for us. We might be there. <laughs> Perhaps. <laughs> um, yeah, I need yeah. to go make some Canaan dinner. Some Canaan dinner? What Canaan dinner? It's like a Thai chicken curry soup. Fun. Amazing. <laughs> okay well i'm gonna go and do that all right i was i was i was lizzie thank you for listening to star wars geek girl may the force be with you and goodbye goodbye star wars geek girls they're geek girls that like star wars and sometimes cry